Hello and welcome back to the Buzz on Business podcast. My name is Rachel Brown and I'm back again with another amazing guest. This is an MBA student and one of my personal friends, Alejandro Garcia. Alejandro, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi, Rachel. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Well, as we get to know you a little better, why don't you start out by just giving us a brief overview of who you are and where you've, where you've come from to get to here. Of course. Well, I grew up in Mexico. I'm from Mexico. Uh, my hometown is Puebla City. It's really nice, to uh, really close to Mexico City. It's a really big city. Mm-hmm. So I studied marketing. I have my marketing degree. Uh, I studied at ITESM. I uh, one of very a very prestigious uh, unit college in Mexico, and Heck yeah. while I was there, I was in everything you could get involved to. So I was a president of the AMA chapter. I was in the theater and the musical theater team and the dancing team in the in everything. I was every single thing that you could uh, handle with arts or entrepreneurship. I was there. So you were involved in all all the creative stuff. Yes, I I used to to be really creative and and be in all that 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 stuff. But in my spare time, I went to college. So mm-hmm. that was did the school I, part of things exactly, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The school was kind of a part of something I I had to do when I had free time. So uh, then I st- I graduated on two thousand and eight, and I started like everybody does when you graduate. You start looking for a job, but I couldn't get one. So yeah, 2008, that's a tough, yes. tough job market, yes, <laughs> I assume I in Mexico know, as well. Yes, I know, because there happened a lot of bad stuff in, in the economy in, in Mexico and at the U.S., so I, it was really difficult to find a job. So when I was like literally not finding anything, I decided to start my own company. Entrepreneurial, Entrepreneurial, exactly. So good. So tell me a little more about the company that you created. Well, when I started, uh, like I never, nobody gave me a job. Uh, I was like, well, I have to f- to create my job. But if nobody hired me like, as a person, as an individual, nobody's going to hire me as a company. So I decided to create my own client. And then I So you had an advertising agency exactly. is what you decided to build. But to get people to pay you as a client, you had to create your own exactly. client. <laughs> I had to create my own client because that way the people would see, oh, uh, they they handle that that magazine. So they had to be really good. We, I would like to get involved with them. So it was kind of a way for advertise the advertising agency. So you basically created two businesses at, at once. At the same time. <laughs> yes, literally. Because the, the company started like in October 2009 and the magazine published the first one on January 2010. So what was the magazine? What was it like a home and garden or was it a recipe book? What did I, I, you make? I was really, really thinking about it, but I think it more like like the creative and imaginative guy I was when I was a child. So I created a, a magazine for kids. I can totally see that fitting with yeah. your personality. <laughs> I know, I know. And also, you know, there's a lot of kids in Mexico. So I have to be like, I, I wanted to do something for, for kids because in Mexico there was nothing like like uh, printed uh, media for kids uh, with uh, really got c- good content. So I started with uh, with the magazine for kids. It it was called Migo uh, because w- we were trying to make a like a catchy name with the word Migo, amigo, friend oh, uh, in English. So it was Revista Migo. You can call it like me uh, friend magazine. Mhm. I love that. So it quickly snowballed into more than just a magazine. And again, this is the side project to the advertising agency, keeping that (laughs) in contact. So 
you started the magazine. How did that go and what came after that? Well, the magazine started really well because I made a, a really, really big event in Mexico and everybody knew about it and everybody wanted to be in the magazine. But like every single company, I couldn't get enough sales because I have to sell it so I could get the money to print it and, and to pay to the people. So I was not making that money. Uh, and I had uh, money from my friends because I have two friends that gave me some money, like 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 associates, but the money was just going out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling anything. And it happens like one one month, two months, three months and nothing. And I was like, oh my God, this is, we're going to broke because I'm not getting anything just to print the magazine. But I went uh, with, uh, April came, April, May, and you know that in those months, uh, we have the these summer camps. And all the, the companies I started to visit to, to make my sales started to call me suddenly, like, oh, you have the magazine for kids. Oh, we, we want to be there. Because they all started to know that the magazine was inside of the schools. I was literally, the, the teachers were giving away so they wanted to be there in the classroom. Uh, and it started, and because of the event I did, uh, other companies uh, knew about me, well, about the company, and they said, well, if you're doing this for, for that magazine, we would like you to work for us and for a brand. So I started with pharma with a pharmaceutical brand and another brand, and it started just like you said, like a snowball. So Migo did do its job. It got the attention of other people that exactly. then paid you to do their advertising exactly. campaigns. That worked really well. That That's exactly what happened. So I started like now making advertising campaigns for big brands and for big companies and for the magazine. And then the magazine kept evolving. It evolved to a TV show, to a radio show that I hosted, mm-hmm. and then to a musical show that I also <laughs> performed. And I, I, I don't know... I, yeah, I, I was. I felt like I was like Batman because in the mornings <laughs> I was this CEO with really, really <laughs> fancy uh, desk and, and like checking things. But in the night I was dressing like <laughs> this character for kids so they could be entertained. And it was really kind of like Hannah Montana. That one. <laughs> Those are both such great mental images to what yes. your life was like. At Just this imagine time. like entrepreneurial Hannah Montana. That was me. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I won't ask you to perform for the podcast, but I might have to get uh, a sampling yes. <laughs> later on of some yes, of the, okay. <laughs> the musical talents. Okay, so you, you still got to really use a lot of these creative energies, yes. but you're also trying to be a CEO for the first time. I presume you didn't have any business experience it was, before this. It was this. really complicated because you know that right now that you see me, I look like a child. I mean, <laughs> I look like a 20-something. So when I was really 20-something, I looked literally like a child. So <laughs> kind of the, the most difficult part for me, it was like, this little guy, it's this mm. kid, it's it's a CEO, really? Yeah. And yes, I am, I am the CEO of, uh, of this company. So everybody has like like really hard times to to see me as the CEO being yeah. that young mm-hmm. because my first million pesos contract I signed it when I was 26 mm-hmm. and my first advertising international advertising award I wanted I also at 26 wow I won two uh, in in Mexico it was a really 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 important uh, award from the pharmaceutical advertising uh, mm-hmm. environment 
and I went to all, also two prizes in Spain because of Migo. Mm-hmm. And then I started with another pricing for for a radio show, uh, another award for mm-hmm. for the radio show. So it was like really fast. I didn't expect yeah. that those that recognition got really fast. Wow! And yeah. And immediately after that, I got like in the top 100 advertising agency since mm-hmm. 12 2011 I, I got in that list and since that year everything every year we were going up that's incredible and so again I, I really want to pull on this thread about being so young starting this company essentially out of college not a lot of prior experience I think that's something that probably a lot of especially our student entrepreneurs can relate to a lot is feeling you have to gain that credibility but you are so young and maybe don't have the background of experience as someone who's been in industry for 20, 30 years. How did, what did you have to actively do to be more credible to the people you're trying to sell to? Well, at the beginning it was difficult because of course I was a kid and I didn't have, I, I really didn't have anything mm-hmm. uh, at all. So I, before that, I will, I didn't tell you that I worked since I was 18, Rachel. I, I started working in, in, a, in, a, in a TV, in a TV network mm-hmm. in Puebla, mm-hmm. uh, in a channel, in a TV channel. So that's what I learned all about media. And when I uh, get like a, the, with the CEO position, with having nothing, the first things that kind of gave me value as a professional were the, the awards that mm. I started winning mm-hmm. because they were really, really, really big, important awards in Mexico. So when I started to say, I have two and I'm 26 and this is my first year as an advertising mm-hmm. uh, company, uh, everybody was like, what? How did he do it? And everybody, money follows money and everybody started to, to, to turn back to see me as a company, not right. just like me. <laughs> sure. And that really helped a lot. And when you, when big brands starts to look at you and to trust in you, the the trust they have in you, uh, people can see it, and they also start starts uh, trusting you. Mm-hmm. So, kind of during this decade of working with Migo and the advertising agency, you were a CEO. Yep. You were a TV and radio host. You yeah. were editor in chief. You actually still worked with clients. Yeah. You performed at schools. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in theaters. And, <laughs> yes, in theaters and auditorium. So, which of those jobs came the most naturally to you, and which were more challenging for you? And what did you have to like learn to be able to fill all those roles? I guess that the most natural was like performing mm-hmm. <laughs> or being in front of the cameras because it was really natural. That's what I wanted to do and since I was a child, like mm-hmm. be on the TV and be on the spot and be on the stage. So that was kind of the, the most natural. And when I started writing songs, because one of my teachers was also a very, very, very big songwriter in Mexico, mm-hmm. and she told me, you can you could leave from this, but you don't trust yourself. And I was like, no, 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 I have to be this CEO, this <laughs> with all this entrepreneurship uh, thing that we got in college. That was kind of difficult because I was not prepared. I was really young to to handle people, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't have that much experience. So that was kind of uh, the first uh, things I had to learn how to do it, because I also had like diploma diplomas, and and I had to to get in school again to understand how to manage people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and after that, it becomes it becomes really kind of easier for me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just basically. 
years and years of practice. <laughs> years and practice. Yes, a lot of mistakes. Of course, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I, I hire people that I shouldn't hire. I mm. fire people that I shouldn't fire. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of mistakes that you make as a really young entrepreneur that you haven't done that ever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess that those were kind of natural mistakes. <laughs> but right now, I, of course, I would say, oh, my God, why did I do that? <laughs> but yeah. it's in the past now. <laughs> well, well, let's bring it back up. What, yeah, what were a few of the specific hurdles, either from the beginning, middle, even towards the end? What were the big hurdles you faced in starting this company? Well, my friends helped me with the money because I didn't have any money at all. So these two friends gave me the money. They, I had their trust and enough trust by they saying, have this. And this is the money we got. I, we know you can do it. Uh, here, here, there is it. So it was kind of like, oh, my God, I'm having the trust and money of yeah, people that... that's uh, a big deal. Yes. I mean, it's not, they're not millions, but even a penny from somebody else mm. is trusting on you. So that was really, 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 really hard for me, like to understand it and to value it and to make it work. Uh, another thing is that I didn't have any office. I, <laughs> I literally started with, with this remote working, uh -huh. like... 12 years ago before <laughs> pandemic because I didn't have the enough amount to, to pay an office. Mm. So I had these employees and they were all working from their homes. Mm -hmm. And we just met like once a week in, in my house, literally. <laughs> in some, in my, my dad has like uh, storages in, 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 <laughs> in the top of the house. <laughs> literally, they're, they're just rooms for, for, for putting stuff mm -hmm. just to get dust. <laughs> and those were my offices. So you worked in I the started. dusty attic surrounded exactly. by boxes of knickknacks. That, that was really my <laughs> first office, yeah. literally. And that's where I got the, these guys to have meetings. Yeah, so you really bootstrapped this from the beginning. Yes, I could say that I could start. I didn't start in a garage. I started <laughs> like in, in, the, in the roof. An attic, it's almost like even better than exactly. starting in a garage, well, I think. It, yeah. It's a better view than, than, <laughs> than the garage. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> you have a better view than that. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And also, well, of course, when you, fa when you sail something, there's a lot of no's that mm -hmm. you have to face before you can get a yes. Yeah. So at the beginning, it was really hard, like no, 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 no. But when you start to understand that when you hear more no's, you get closer to a yes. Mm. you want to hear more no's because you know that one of those is going to be a yes. Yeah. So it's like, it, 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 it requires kind of a lot of persistence mm -hmm. to, to understand it and to achieve and to, I don't know how to say that in English, but to, <laughs> to embrace rejection <laughs> in a positive way. Yeah. Well, yeah, you definitely have to bring in that optimism yes. And yes. to be able to handle that many no's. Yes, because there's just you. I mean, yes, yeah. your fam because your family, my family didn't support me at the beginning mm. because they were saying like, oh, you're just, you're, you, you don't, you're not going to succeed. They were worried. They, yeah. they didn't thought that I couldn't make it. They were it was worried risky. About, yeah, they were worried about me like, how would that affect my my feelings or or, yeah. or by like just failing? Mm -hmm. And they were that's why they were worried. But when they started and they understand it and they started to see how things started to move really fast, they jumped into the boat. So yeah. yeah, it was rejection at the beginning. But if you are in, you are totally convinced of what you're doing, that's not gonna stop stop you. Mm -hmm. Now you started and ran this company for about a decade, correct? Yes. And then we jumped to now and you're here at, at OSU yeah. in Oklahoma. What happened between, you know, 
with the company and how you ended up here? Well, I don't I don't want to sound I don't want that everybody hates me because I didn't <laughs> know where Oklahoma was. That's okay. <laughs> until I heard that Oklahoma. Well, I, I the first thing I I remember that when I heard the name Oklahoma, it was the musical. Yeah. Because uh-huh. like, oh, the musical. There's a musical Oklahoma. <laughs> and that was the very first thing I just, oh, there's Oklahoma. And when I went to Google and I said, oh, there's something up Texas and in the middle. Of, <laughs> and, 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 and I started to understand what was Oklahoma. Because when, when the pandemic started, of course, uh, everything stopped. And my company, I had to fire a lot of people mm. because the, one of the very first things that companies stopped, it was advertising. Yeah, sure. Because people was not buying anything. Mm-hmm. Just anything so the advertising was the very first thing that companies just cut it yeah. off mm-hmm. uh, and all the deals went off uh, then i couldn't uh, deliver the magazine because there was no school so there yeah. was n- oh. no place to to deliver it and i fired almost all my employees i just kept like two or three accounts mm-hmm. just like to survive yeah and 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 my sister that used to work with me said well i'm i'm, I'm gonna find a job because she she knew that we didn't have the lifestyle we were uh, used to yeah. with with this company so she found a job and she told me about a master degree program in puebla Okay. She she said, "Well, you have been postponing postponing. Is that correct? Postponing postponing mm-hmm. the the your your masters because she she knew that I wanted to go to Barcelona to a creative uh, oh. masters, uh, but I didn't. I never had the time. So she said, "Why don't you start this masters in marketing management at Dubai uh, and go? I mean, go with it. I mean." You're, you have two options, just to be here, locked, or to study something. Right. And I took it, and I applied it, and I get it, and I started. And I never went to the physically to the, to the university because we were in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I saw that we have this double degree program mm-hmm. with OSU. So uh, the, the university in Puebla had the, this program exactly that also this, this program to that it's attached to OSU. They they have like a like a um, like an agreement mm-hmm. where I just have to study in Mexico one year and came here and study the rest and I get both masters. Oh, uh, nice. here at OSU, my MBA and in Mexico. So I was like, okay, well, I take it. Uh, uh, I, I started it. Uh, one of my teachers that was also my teacher in college saw me and said, what are you doing here? You should be teaching these classes, not <laughs> listening to these classes. And I was like, it's just that I want to, to be the MBA uh, mm-hmm. at, the OSU, at OSU. And she said, oh, if it makes perfect sense, do mm-hmm. just go. And I started with all the papers to come here. And here I am. <laughs> I loved your story about not knowing Oklahoma before coming here. I know, don't hate me. No, please. no, not, not <laughs> at all. I'm sure all. you don't know anything about Puebla, right? Touche, <laughs> touche. Okay. I definitely, when I've traveled before and people will be like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, Oklahoma, just to kind of see what they, and most people kind of blank stare, like, I yes. don't know. I'm like, north of Texas. And then usually people get that. Yeah. Um, but I have people notice it for the musical. So yes. I thought it was really that funny was, that oh, you brought Oklahoma, that up. Oklahoma, the yeah. musical, yeah. My best story was though I was I did a semester abroad in Scotland and my professor there asked where people were from. I said I was from the states. He asked what state. I said Oklahoma, and he looked me dead in the eyes. This old Scottish man, and he said, 
Yeehaw! Ride him, cowboy! And I nearly died laughing. I thought it was very funny. Did you think of Oklahoma as the wild, wild west before you got here? Not uh, well. I started making my my own research because I wanted to know where am I going. <laughs> and when I saw the first things I I look at asso- associated to Oklahoma was tornadoes, <laughs> cows, <laughs> cowboys. Uh, that was all. Well, now you're a cowboy. <laughs> yes, and now I'm a cowboy. Now you are. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I was really excited because also, if I didn't know about Oklahoma, I didn't know about Stillwater. So when I understand in Mexico, we don't have these college towns. We have college cities. In my city in Puebla, there's like five or seven colleges the size of OSU. So we're used to very big cities with very big universities, but not college towns like this one. So when I got here, I started like speaking with the guys that from Upaev that were already here and like speaking like what to, to know what to expect from, from the city. And, and they say, oh, don't worry, you're going to be fine. Just be careful with tornadoes. We have basement. <laughs> don't worry when, that, when you see that in the news. Nothing has happened to the university. Just make sure that you know where's the, your, your, your bathroom where you, because you have to go to the top when, in case that you have a tornado. And when you see that everybody is just running away, go behind them. <laughs> and that was the first really advice that they gave it. Well, that's good. That is pretty useful advice, generally. Yes, mm-hmm. and I get here, and it's really beautiful. My yeah. fir- the first day I was here, uh, we were like a hundred degrees, and mm. it was mm. like, oh my god, because <laughs> in, in Puebla we don't have those temperatures, mm. so it was like, oh my god, I'm melting here. <laughs> so it was quite a shocking experience since the moment I just came out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Now you have since gotten involved with the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship on campus. Um, fitting since you had such a great entrepreneurial success in Mexico. But how did you find out about the Riata Center and what have you been involved with? I also knew about the Riata Center when I started to make my research about OSU. So I saw the Riata Center and I saw uh, all the Spears uh, thing. Uh, I don't know how to say the Spears program. Uh, and I knew about Riata Center and I started like uh, doing my research or what what you did and all the competitions and all the, the services that the Riata Center has. And I told myself, well, that's that's definitely one of the first places I have to visit when I get to to Spears, uh, and that's what I did. I went, I came here, and I was really excited to to meet the the Riata Center and to put kind of the, uh, a special uh, a special spot space in my mind of the pictures I I saw on, online. So that's why that's why one of the first thing I, I did and like I am on, on the certificate on of entrepreneurship I started like taking all those classes and Dr. Bruce Baringer like kind of uh, kind of guided me to get here and I started here and I I met the guys from the Riata Center I met you I met a lot of a lot of a lot of people and I was excited and I was like oh I have to be there at some point or doing anything so you've gotten a bit of this entrepreneurship perspective here in the States by being involved here. And I know you've participated in some of the competitions too. What do you see as some of the biggest differences between being an entrepreneur and the entrepreneurship culture in Mexico versus here in the States? Well, in Mexico, there's a lot of people that want to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Mexico, we have like an 80 or 90% of the companies of the Mexican economy. It's built by entrepreneurs. But uh, the government, the economy is not fostering this entrepreneurial, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, um, entrepreneurial. Oh, how can I say it? Like environment. environment yes. 
so there's a lot of people that want to become an entrepreneur but doesn't have the, the opportunity to do it or mm -hmm. they start but they they fail there's a also like an 80 or more than 90 also that all the companies that start in mexico the next year they're dead really so uh, it's really 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 uh, sad because you see a lot of dreams just Mm -hmm. that are not existing at the, at the next year. Mm -hmm. And when I came here and I see, see all the, I saw all these Riyadh Center resources and all the support and all the, the things that these, these people do to help entrepreneurs, young mm -hmm. entrepreneurs from OSU, but I didn't feel that people here got that entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. Uh, I, I, one of the fir very first things that I came my, to my mind, it's like a, uh, you all want to get a job, mm. a really good job, but that's all. That's all. You just want a really good job in a very good company and <laughs> earn a lot of money, but that's all. You don't see to make your own money and to create your own opportunities and opportunities for other people. Even you have the, the resources to do it. Mm. So that was kind of the, the first shocking things that it was for me. Like in Mexico, we don't have the opportunities, but we have the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. And here you don't have that but you have a lot of opportunities that you would use, you could do, and you could use very, very, very well. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's I mean, that's such a fascinating perspective, and I have not really experienced the entrepreneurial culture in Mexico, so I loved hearing kind of your perspective on it. But it's that's fascinating to hear, you know, more opportunities here perhaps for entrepreneurship rather than Mexico, but fewer people taking or at least seemingly fewer people taking those opportunities here where so many people want to take those opportunities in Mexico. That's really interesting. Well, still glad that we offer so many resources and, you know, yes, please entrepreneurs like you and I get to take <laughs> yes, great of advantage course. of them. Of course. <laughs> well, Alejandro, as we start to wrap up the podcast, I have one final kind of fun segment for okay. us to do. It's called the I'm, lightning round. I'm scared. Oh, don't be scared. Okay. These are just kind of fun questions. Okay. Um, it should be, you know, quick answers, maybe a short story to go along with them. Oh my um, God. Just something that again allows us to get to know you a little better. Okay, perfect. So uh, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> don't make me nervous. <laughs> well, my first question is what's been one of your favorite memories you've made in Stillwater so far? My first day here. Yeah. Yeah. The first day that I just came out of the plane <laughs> and we were on a hundred degrees and I, in my, in my silly mind, I got to my hotel and I was like, oh, I want to go to see the birds and the trees and I want to go out to see the village. And I came out and we were like 110 <laughs> and I was wearing a, a <laughs> I was wearing a sweater <laughs> and jeans. I came back like melted in my own juices. <laughs> it was Oh, I just went straight to the to the bathtub <laughs> and I stayed there like until night. Yes, of course, yeah. totally. I remember that. Well, now we're experiencing the cold side of our yeah, weather. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What is a food dish that you miss the most from home? There's a lot of food, Rachel. I don't want... That's a really tricky question. There's a lot of food. I mean, in Puebla, the chili nogada, the... Really, the, the Mexican rice, because the rice that uh, Mexican restaurants have here, it's kind of doing a really nice try. <laughs> but <laughs> not even, the same. It's not the same. <laughs> but even from those simple things, it, it's like rice, like soup, like a really Mexican soup, like a really average that you eat every day. It's like totally different. Gotcha. What is your favorite color and why? Orange. <laughs> Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Yes. Good answer. Um, what state here in the U.S. do you want to visit next? All of them. 
Uh, <laughs> but the next one uh, might, might be California. Okay. Very cool. I've, I've explored very little of California. Really? Yeah. Surprisingly. But, but you know the whole world. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. <laughs> I need to go to Puebla first. You obviously. have to go to Puebla. Of course. Of course. <laughs> We're, you're all invited to Puebla. <laughs> and you have to, you can Google Puebla and see what I'm talking about. Amazing. Of course. Um, and then my last question is, what's the last show that you binge watched? The last show I watched? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? Like on TV? Yeah, Netflix or whatever. Oh my god! I don't have a TV here, Rachel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my okay. defense, I I watch I had <laughs> I had watched a lot of uh, weather uh, <laughs> weather. <laughs> yes, when I everything that it's like it's gonna snow, it's gonna be a thunderstorm, it's gonna be tornadoes. That's the one I see. The Oklahoma weather keeps you on your toes. The, yes, I have to be tracking all the weather things from the channels because it's like, oh my god, you never what's know. Gonna happen? Yes, you never know. So <laughs> that that would be the number one TV show that I watch right now. <laughs> well, Alejandro, this has been such a blast. I've loved getting to hear more of your stories. You're great entrepreneurial success and how you got here and I'm, I'm so glad you are here no I'm, I'm really really happy to be here and really glad with you to be with you and I hope you like it all 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 this experience that and you can use it for something better than I did <laughs> so <laughs> well thanks thank so much, much for joining us on the podcast Alejandro yeah thank you all right thanks so much for joining us this week on the buzz on business I've been Rachel Brown and to keep up with everything we're doing with the Riata Center and entrepreneurship be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at OSU Entrepreneurship and on Twitter at Riata Center. Thanks so much. See you next time.